Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August 2nd, 2011. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and help yourself to the hundreds of audios which are there for download for free. And remember to all the sites listed on the com site are the official sites. They all have transcripts as well in English for prints up for a lot of the talks I've given. And if you want talks in other languages and transcripts, look into alanwattsentinel.eu and you'll find a bunch there. And remember too, you're the audience that bring me to you. And I don't bring on advertisers as guests. And uh, I try to keep it basically on the facts as we possibly can ever, ever at this level know them and present them to you. That way I'm not sort of swayed one way or another about things. So if you want to support me, you can buy the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can, from the U.S. to Canada, you can uh, use personal check. You'll find out how to do it on the cuttingthroughthematrix.com site. And you can use an international postal money order from the post office. And some people just send cash uh, across the seas. You've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. Again, the U.S. PayPal again as well. And you'll find a donation button on the com site. Use that. Follow it up with an email with name, address, and order. And I'll get it out to you. And remember, straight donations are most certainly welcome as we go through this inflation that's called quantitative easing. These days sounds better, like an old guy getting out of a chair. And, uh, but in reality, it's just inflation we're going through as really uh, top people, top tycoons grab the last of the world's resources and everything that you need for survival is owned by a few people, basically. That's what's happening today. And they're bringing the rest of us down in the process. But that's okay. It's all it's plunder time. This is a time for piracy. And they have, it's all legal nowadays, mind you, piracy. It's all through uh, laws. It's all stamped through laws and, and passed as fit to be legal. And anything can be made legal, of course, which, of course, it is. And that's the times that we're living through today. And that's why it seems so crazy and bizarre and mad at times. But it's, 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 it's mad as a fox. It's got a wily nature to it. knows exactly where it's going because you're living through an agenda, a long-term business plan, basically, to rule the world in a specific fashion, where from cradle to grave, if you're allowed to be born, you will be told right off the bat what your duty to the world state is, and you'll serve the world state. That's what they want down the road when they talk about bringing the population down to a much more manageable level, very small level, actually, really, and big players... Uh, are all involved in it too. All your greenies are involved with it, your wildlife projects, etc. All part of the same system as we supposedly just die off of cancers and various other things and bronchial complaints because of all the chem sprays in the, in the air and the food that you're eating. Uh, literally, every cell in the veggies you're eating now is soaked in pesticide, never mind the fact that it produces its own. And that's all through deals with big corporations and your governments. Canada was a test bed. We were eating this junk for 10 years before it broke out from Britain uh, during a protest at Blair for trying to do the same thing, force it on the British people. We found out we'd already been eating it in Canada for 10 years. And the government came out and admitted it. 
yeah, it was a secret deal. It's in the mainstream media. It was a secret deal between us and the and the big uh, Monsanto boys and a few other ones. So we're, we're we're just guinea pigs to see how fast they can kill off the planet, I guess. And it came out at the same time too that a central computer was put into Ottawa to monitor everybody, everything that they did, and their health records instantly, day by day, updated. Um, and I thought this is all connected. It's all connected. Because, yeah, they could tell how fast we start dropping dead with different diseases and so on. And there's a hullabaloo about that, because for that much power to be in the hands of a, a few people, there was a lot of debate about it. So they, they came to an understanding. They split it into two computers. <laughs> Isn't that really neat? Eh? Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Over the years I've mentioned many times how uh, secretive groups model themselves on the Jesuits and that's what Cecil Rhodes talked about. He said the society that he was creating, you'll find this in his own books of course, and, and it's best to read books by the people, not ones written about them. That's the key to everything. Everything else is generally a spin of a left wing, right wing, or up or down or something. So read their own books and you'll find out what I'm saying is true. But Cecil Rhodes, um, who really was in partnership with Lord Rothschild, decided to take over the world's mineral resources, gold resources, diamonds, and so on. And uh, they formed an organization to do it under the flag of the British Empire. And their idea was to create massive monopolies and take over everything that was a resource that the public needed or wanted or whatever. Today we're at the stage where they're grabbing your water supplies, and I'll talk about that later. But they formed, he said it himself, we have to form a form of, like the Jesuits, where you, you can talk to the public in one form and talk to ourselves in another way. And, you know, white man speaks with fork tongue idea. And that's what they do. All their, all their players do that. And they were awfully successful in what they did. They caused wars. They talked about creating wars. They created the Boer War, in fact, and that was documented by Professor Carl Quigley, who was a historian for the, for the group that eventually came out of the Cecil Rhodes merger with the Milner Society. And even Winston Churchill talks about it when, he's, when he found out, he was kind of out the loop at one point, that this organization that was called different names throughout the years, uh, up until the Royal Institute of International Affairs was, was officially formed, they called it the Milner Group, the, um, the kindergarten, different names that floated around. But uh, technically they were giving the British public all of their history. And it was all spun history because these guys had been, been behind all the wars and the expansion of the British Empire. And he thought that was awful that the guys who could design wars could literally give the, the, the history to the public like propaganda and educate every little being uh, to believe that the enemy, the en- it's always an enemy, started the war, and that's what they did. But they, they talked about monopolization of all news, and that was one of the main things. Even with Wikipedia today, I was looking at a site where, um, it is in Israel in fact, and they're giving lectures and teaching their citizens how to go into Wikipedia and change things. And at least they're honest about it, because most folk are not honest. There's every kind of group out there going in and out, uh, left wing, as I say, right wing, up and down, or whatever they happen to think they are these days. And they keep changing other folks' wiki publications. 
But who started Wiki anyway? And, and we, what they said too on that site was, was true that, um, t- you know, everybody gets their information today from Wiki. Same idea as a Cecil Road Society, you see. You must control all public information to make sure it all jives with your agenda. It's better to have true believers in something than, than, than people who are truly awake and know that you're lying, isn't it? So all propaganda is a spin to get you to believe a, a small minority's idea, project, or whatever else it happens to be, or their goal. And after, after watching that one on Wikipedia, on editing Wikipedia, I, I wondered how many other groups are out there doing the same thing. I know there was one fellow for a while, he was trying to put up stuff on the global warming, and every night he was getting pulled by a professor he found out at some university on some big panel uh, of authority, and he's and kept changing his data every single night. So you can't believe Wikipedia because it's all spin. You've got to get old books written at the time, and even then you've got to know how to read them because they'll often tell you things in a cryptic manner, and it's up to you to use your brain to figure out what they're actually saying, and memory too. And we're losing our memory today because we get bits and bytes fed into us from a thousand sources every day through the internet and news media, radios, television, and most folk can't remember much at all. It's just a mush at the end of the day. But getting back to what I'm saying here, I've talked about Rupert Murdoch and the recent scandal and the fact that the, the catastrophe in Norway really tended to, to, to cover up the fact that he was in the hot seat for, for a little while, and so was the Prime Minister of Britain, who was, seemed to be in bed with Murdoch on, uh, on the same thing, giving everybody their, uh, their spin on, on the news. That's what, that's what newscasters are for, is to get their spin. It's not for the public. It's to get a spin out to the public. Uh, that's for their private. And getting back to the Royal Institute of International Affairs, they talked about creating these big tycoons of industry, tycoons of, of media, and they did it all. And Murdoch himself is an amazing character because he's, he's got a book, he's got Australian uh, citizenship, he's got Israeli citizenship, I think he's got American citizenship, and English or British citizenship, maybe even European citizenship. But he's a guy with all this media across the world, always, when the next war comes up, he blasts the people you're going to attack. It's just standard now, and we get all our media from so many sources, you don't recognize these are all owned by one guy. And then he's whining and dining prime ministers and presidents and getting secret weekly meetings with them, working together, all to basically make sure you're all on board with the propaganda. But it's much more than that, too, because I've talked many times about the deals they make with contracts. Here's Rupert Murdoch in the paper again. Rupert Murdoch has given $27 million no-bid contract from the State Department of Education. And it says here, uh, more than a dozen private firms wanted to work on a project like the one the State Education Department is set to award to a Rupert Murdoch-owned company in a $27 million no-bid contract. Remember what I said this little bit ago there? I said that when the Royal Institute of International Affairs was formed even before the Milner Group, they already went to take over all media and make sure that the children were given the proper education, meaning the spun education. So here you get here $27 million no-bid contracts. Agency officials have cited an extremely challenging timeline in their decision to partner with News Corps subsidiary Wireless Generation to build a data system of student test scores and other information. 
The Daily News has learned that the agency has explored the project for at least two years. Proof critics say state officials had ample time to com- uh, competitively bid out the contract and, st- and still meet a fall of 2012 deadline for a federal race to the top grant. It raises all kinds of questions, says Susan Lerner, executive director of Good Government Group Common Cause New York. There appears to be time in this process to go through a much more open bidding process to ensure that the public is getting the best vendor at the best price. Well, everything's been rigged when it comes to putting out these contracts. They always have in it, too, that the lowest bidder will not necessarily get the contract, even for local ideas. Everything, goes, you know, every area, every state, every province, every, every township goes through much the same thing as Halliburton went through. They just got the main cash awarded to them, did nothing except subcontract out until you're about 15 below them all subcontracting out to the guys who actually do the job. The news has also learned that wireless generation paid as much as $5,000 a month to lobbying firms to advocate for the contract and raise the top funds with state officials. Well, it'd be more than just $5,000 a month lobbying firms. It'll be under the table agreements because that's the way the world really works. This is in June 2009, the state put out a formal request for information about the feasibility of the project. Three weeks later, it received responses from 17 vendors, including wireless generation. The state education department officials described the project at the time as more complex than the work ultimately awarded to wireless generation. Anyway, this is how your education is run. It's run by the same magnets that, give, that help create wars and give you the right spin on the wars and why you're fighting wars and to make sure the children growing up get the right school books because they print them too and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. You know, very few people, in fact, school does not teach you to think for yourself. You know that it's to standardize everyone into the same system. That's what school is for. Always was. Except, well, at least the ones most folk get access to. There are certain schools that are very special schools, like the one I mentioned for the European high-level bureaucrats, where you can even get one-on-one education, where they take you by the hand and basically tell you that the real facts of life and how it really does work. But you won't get access to that. That's for the managerial class for the world. They call them world managers now. You understand the general population have been so bypassed that really we are, we are we down as ants nowadays. These massive corporations and government, the managerial class, working together as fascists always do. And by the way, it doesn't matter if it's communist or fascist, they're all essentially fascist in nature. Government can't help but be the same. Always. But we're, we're little amoebas looking up at these giants who, who literally have a completely worldview. They're brought up with a different worldview. They don't have the same indoctrination you do. And they have their clubs. Clubs are awfully important organizations that y'all are members of. That's where the deals are made, in the clubs, in their brotherhood organizations, in their higher lodges and functions, and in the golf course too. And that's how the world really, really does work. And we're given so much childish, uh, childish movies today to make you think that everything's in the up and up and everything's, you know, looked after properly by government. There's nothing more than corrupting government. Why do you think you're all broke? It's never been any different, you know. Sometimes in history they gave you a, a, a one generation a little bit of bash and a little bit more cash in their pocket, but not for long. And they take it off you again once, once you're getting old. They just take it all off you again. They crash the economies, they inflate the money, and then just grit and then they grab your savings. Then they tax you. Into, uh, people never catch on. Government is a very 
They can be a very dangerous thing. We've seen that through history. Governments can be awfully dangerous things, especially when they, they want to go through big changes and they plan big changes. And that's why you've had 9-11. Nothing to do with those guys over there. It's to do with getting martial law across the whole planet. Every country, strangely enough, just happens to be on board with the same agenda of literally looking at every citizen as though they're a suspect to something. And everyone lets them do it. And the more you let them do it, the more they throw upon you. More x-rays and more this and more that. And it's disgusting. But all propaganda, always remember, all media, all media is propaganda. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. I went to the little store today and on the way out I looked up and I was watching the planes just cross, cross the sky at one incredible speed too, crisscrossing them. Uh, and then I knew it was going to cloud over very quickly and they maybe give us thunder or something like that because um, they're, they're totally in control of the weather now. It was like that article that the Air Force put out some years ago talking about uh, total control of the weather. And uh, we're pretty well there. It's routine now. It's routine in Canada for sure. If you watch up at all, you'll see them dowsing in the morning, and then you'll see them doing the, the, the other stuff that stays pretty well intact for a while and then rapidly disperses into this mush across the sky. And then, of course, it, uh, then the thunderstorms generally start. So I'm just waiting for it to start tonight. That, that's, the, that's the level we're at. We're supposed to be amoebas again looking up at this thing. The thing is natural. The natural, really. And the governments aren't going to tell you a darn thing about it because they're not allowed to under the Official Secrets Act. So, and yet we want transparency. We can't even see the stars at night. What a joke, eh? But I thought at the time, too, about the new laws that are getting forced through. I first saw it in an American article for the U.S. uh, where uh, someone was beefing off about all people who are against certain parts of government policy should be reported and and maybe even criminalized. And then it put me in, in mind of this one here. It happens in Britain at the same time, which of course is a coincidence. It says, anarchists should be reported, advises Westminster anti-terror police. This is in London. It says, what should, what should you do if you discover an anarchist living next door? Dust off your old Sex Pistols albums and hang out a black and red flag to make them feel at home. Invite them round to debate the merits of Peter Kropotkin's anarchist communism versus the individualistic anarchism of Emile Armand. No, the answer, according to the official counterterrorism notice circulated in London last week, is that you must report them to police immediately. For their political views, eh? This was a surprising injunction from the Metropolitan Police issued to businesses and members of the public in Westminster last week. There was no warning about other political groups, but next to an image of the anarchist emblem, the city of Westminster's police counter-terrorist focus desk called for anti-anarchist whistleblowers stating that anarchism is a political philosophy which considers the state undesirable, unnecessary and harmful and instead promotes a stateless society or anarchy. Any information relating to anarchists should be reported to your local police. 
The moved anger some anarchists who complained that being an anarchist should not imply criminal behavior. They said they feel unfairly criminalized for holding a set of political beliefs. And so it is too, because you see, I always questioned why communism was okay. Because you see, they also wanted to eradicate all the middle class and the upper class, supposedly. And yet Britain let you have a communist party. And so did other countries too. Kind of like the French Revolution, you know, with the big chopper and all that. But it just amazes you, I guess they didn't mind communism, because you see, the banks created communism. They financed communism into being. We know that from history. But anyway, anarchists are not allowed, it says. The feeling of disproportion that was compounded by the briefing note author making a similar request about Islamic terrorists uh, a few lines further down, under the image of a flag with a gold dot beneath some Arabic script, it added, often seen used by Al-Qaeda in Iraq. Al-Qaeda is, is a Western invention. It didn't exist. And, it's, and apart from that, they're supposed to be the best pals now at the U.S. as a bomb Libya. Any sightings of these images should be reported to your local police. So now, anyone with the wrong pin or whatever, or badge, or uh, maybe a child with a scribble and a pencil and a bit of paper is going to get, go in for a talking to, maybe get booked for, for drawing something they didn't even know was an anarchist symbol. It says it unfairly implies that anyone involved in anarchism should be known to the police and is involved in a dangerous activity, says Jason Sands, an anarchist from South London. There's nothing inherently criminal about political philosophy, whatever it is. The police work under the Convention on Human Rights, which disallows discrimination against other people because of their political beliefs, and even the request for information would seem to be in breach of that. It also seems a bit useless as a way of gathering intelligence. It isn't focused on anything specific, and they're just asking for general information. Imagine calling up and saying, there's an anarchist in my building, what should I do? It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense, you see, because it's going to start creeping into other areas. That's what it's about. You see, in this world, this perfect world, where why, why do you think the gov- all governments, this world managerial club, have gone to such incredible lengths to make sure they know everything about you and update it on a daily basis by giving you the Internet? They've told you, I've read how many articles I've read on this particular broadcast from Google and Facebook and all the rest of them with the NSA and cahoots with them and all the big agencies, that's all they're there for, collecting your data. You matter, obviously. Every single one of you matters. Because, you see, in a tyrannical system of tyrants at the top, they get nervous at the time, especially when they're going for bigger plunder. They get awfully nervous. And it's a standard. Paranoia runs rampant at the top. And they've got to make sure that everyone is predictable. And so they're going to know what you're thinking, what you're voting for, and what, 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 what you're being swayed on different topics. They've got to know this stuff. Otherwise, you know, you get a little red flag. Well, this guy's thinking. Oh, oh, this is dangerous. Anyway, I mean, I'm not kidding, folks. That's what it's about. Anyway, uh, this is one article amongst many I'll put up tonight to let you know. Uh, just, it's getting dangerous to say anything. And you'll always find members of the public willing to comply, you know. You know, after I report this guy, he, he made a doodle, a doodle on the back of a paper book in the bus. I thought it was an anarchist symbol. <gasps> back with more after this break.
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And sometimes you blink, you know, you blink, and you swear you saw something dash by there just when you're blinking, and you're never quite certain. Uh, And you need the media again to tell you what you just saw. And this article here is from Huffington Post, and it says, Perhaps I was asleep or had amnesia, or maybe I was abducted by aliens, but I don't remember ever having elected a super congress. However, apparently there will be a committee of 12 that will effectively run our country. Well, they should know that by now, because see, Benjamin Franklin said that an awful long time ago. When he said that about so the Federation, he says, I hope this becomes a Federation of the world. He says, and then he was asked, how would it be run? He says, by 12 wise men. And that's why Europe, too, regardless of how the members they now get in it, have a 12 stars on their flag, by the way. And I even read the articles here from the, the EU, the Economic Union Parliament, where they actually admitted they had 12 wise men at the very top, very secretive, running the show. And just last year, after I read it about twice on the air, they changed the name of it. I'm sure they still call themselves 12 wise men, regardless. Anyway, it says here, uh, that is of Congress groups for the debt crisis solution posed by Obama and his fellow Republicans. On Sunday, the president informed us that he, Mitch McConnell, and John Boner have reached a compromise to solve the debt ceiling crisis. It's interesting the terms they use, isn't it? You think you're in a room there and the water's rising and you're going to drown, and that's why they call it a ceiling, as if there's any ceiling on it. Because in reality, the debt literally has been through the roof for an awful long time. It's circled Alpha Centauri, and it's on its way back again. It says this deal will consist of spending cuts only and no new revenues in the form of new taxes or even closing loopholes. Absolute rope. There'll be lots of taxes. In fact, the only thing the president won on the deal was that he won't have to raise the debt ceiling until 2013 after the next presidential election. In other words, we're paddling in the water as you borrow more money. According to the New Deal, after immediate cuts of a trillion dollars over the next decade are instituted, the rest of the cutting will be done by a super congress made up of six Republicans and six Democrats. However, I've yet to hear who will pick the members, and if this new unelected committee is compromised like the guy on six of the original Simpson-Bowles Debt Reduction Commission appointed by the President, then there will be six attack dog Republicans and six Democrats. In name only. But it's just another way, as I say, to, to con the public that you're in a serious crisis. I was thinking about that today, too, with all these amazing hundreds and hundreds of bases being built across the world by the U.S. taxpayer. And some of them have little, literally palaces inside them, you know, real palaces. Uh, for the high dignitaries, you understand, they can't live the same way as you live. And, uh, and I thought to myself, this is meant to be handed over down the road, just like they sell off everything else or hand it over to either a corporation or or the next superpower, China. My my words, you'll see this thing happening. You're building for someone else's future. You always are. You always are. But I'll put this up tonight as well, this article. And another one, too, to do with Europe and India cooperation, and it's really to do with amalgamation. And it's a a massive ad, too, of why you should invest, why Europe should invest in other countries, too, in India, and mainly I'll tell you why they're investing, it's because you see they can't fail. They've been picked by the big boys to be an emerging economy, and that means with the World Bank behind them, the IMF behind them, and all the other ones behind them, and the fact that every government's getting in on the acts, your tax money will basically match every dollar that's invested in India, maybe $20, maybe 100 to 1, easy. And it can't fail then, you see, and they won't let it fail. 
And that's really why they brought it up. Same as China. We're just following in China's footsteps. Same thing happened to them too, by the way. Your tax money created modern China. I'll put that link up as well. And this one is interesting too, um, to do with behavior modification. And it's from The Guardian. It says, many current global challenges require us to change our behavior. Everything tries to make you change your behavior. We're entreated to reduce our carbon emissions. That's like light breathing. Recycle, reduce consumption of unhealthy food. Well, you can't because it's all garbage they're feeding you now. It's been poisoned for quite some time. And take more exercise. Some of us live and work in communities which continue to face deprivation, where residents have limited aspirations, that's because they can't breathe much, poor education and skills, and where community resilience and cohesion is low. The IDEA and the Tavistock Institute, the Tavistock's a biggie for behavior modification, has been for over 100 years, have developed a model to explore current thinking and practices relating to behavior change in local contexts, that's for communitarianism, focusing also on what partners can also do to make a difference. Our evidence is drawn from literature and theory, supported by lessons drawn from good practices nationally, because they've been using it on the British public for 100 years through the BBC and education system. One of the early conclusions has been that changing behaviour in individuals and communities also requires change in strategy and service provision. Whole system thinking is central to our approach. This sees all players. You see, everybody's a player. You see, you're all players. And if you're in the global stage, you're an actor. That's what they call it in these terms. This sees all players, which is local authorities, sector partners, and communities, playing a role. Research tells us that local specifics are of central importance. In our current work, we're looking to address two key questions. Why strategic and delivery partnerships are deemed to be effective, use best practices, and yet results remain static. That's because maybe all the partners are ripping everybody else off, you know, all the corporations. If the conventional approaches are not working, what can we do differently that will be successful? I'd say more propaganda, that's what I'd say. Principles for action. Today's financial circumstances require answers beyond providing more services. Sustainable change, rather, will involve a cultural shift by local strategic partnerships and providers to support change within communities. The shift to interagency and cross-country, uh, cross-boundary working, which is becoming the norm in the public sector, makes extraordinary demands on organisations and the individuals working within them as they struggle with different norms. Expect- I'm always talking about new normals. Everybody's adopting this term now. Expectations and practices. Unclear and contested roles are sometimes reflected in policy and practice. Often local strategic partnerships work together effectively, but problems exist in integrated service delivery without clear messages being communicated down to the line. Now, what they're really getting at here, they're basically telling you that um, the old system's gone and special NGOs and various groups will basically run your local area and community. Now, it's just a matter of finding ways, actually not finding them, to introduce the ways I've already found to alter all of your behavior so that you'll accept more and more and more micromanagement and authority. That's really what it's about. That's what it's about. Behind all this verbiage of propaganda, that's really what it's about. And you can look up this and there's other links as well if you want to follow them and get PDFs, etc. from the think tanks that dream all this stuff up to change the way that you behave, think, and, and, and do, basically. And... Another thing, too, talking about how they track everyone, 
Researchers expose cunning online tracking service that can't be dodged. Well, we've all known that for ages. You just watch your, your mouse sometimes in a little arrow and you know darn well something's going on when you, you, everything's closed off. Researchers at UC Berkeley discovered that some of the net's most popular sites are using a tracking service that can't be evaded, even when users block cookies, turn off storage and flash, or use browsers' incognito functions. The service is called Kissmetrics. is used by sites to track the number of visitors, what, what the, uh, the visitors do on the site, and where they come to the site from. And the company says it does a more comprehensive job than its competitors, such as Google Analytics. They're all vying to get in the spy industry, aren't they? They're all competing to find out what you're doing. But researchers say the site is using sneaky techniques to prevent users from opting out or being tracked on popular sites, including the TV streaming site Hulu.com. And it goes on and on about that. But anyway, we should all know you've been tracked regardless. You always have been from the very beginning. And that's what the NSA's job is. And a lot of other agencies too that you haven't even heard of. And they probably won't even tell you for an awful long time, if ever, in fact. And also to do with India, again, I'll put this the one up to do with uh, an actual little video where you can see their, their their spiel as to why you must invest in India. And it's called America Inc. Outsourced to India, which it certainly is. But so is Canada and every other country as well. That's how fast it's all going. It's just astonishing, isn't it? And then, too, the U.S. Congress is using child porn bill as a Trojan horse to spy on everyone's internet. They're kind of following Australia. They were the first ones to use pornography, even though that was the first thing that anybody ever knew about the internet, even if you weren't on it. There was lots of porn there. That was to make sure everybody got into porn. You couldn't pick up a paper for years without saying, oh, porn, lots of porn on the internet, to make sure everybody got the message and we go and get a computer. But they always use child porn as a Trojan horse, as I say, to spy on everyone's internet. The Congress has introduced a bill and the justification of stopping child porn that will allow the government to spy on everyone's internet usage and keep a database forever, like. And um, it says, I've got to laugh too at some of the people how they write, goodbye civil liberties like they've just noticed. Eh? The government is using a bill disguised as anti-child pornography legislation to allow them to start monitoring web usage of everyone. The Protecting Children from Internet Pornographers Act of 2011, H.R. 1981, is aimed to keep the web safe for children, but in the process it will treat any user logging on to the internet as a potential criminal. Uh, the bill of sponsor was Lamar Smith, House Judiciary Committee Chairman and Representative from Texas. He says that the pedophiles have been able to avoid prosecution in the past because, I, I'll change it here and say because they've been so well protected by the elite. <laughs> because there's a lot of them in it too. But he goes on to say, because vital records linking them to web usage were never required to be retained. Under HR 81, internet service providers would have to hold on to those records for 12 months. That's everyone's records though. These records, however, won't apply just to suspected pornographers and pedophiles. Instead, ISPs will be doing data retention on all of their customers. Uh, if the bill passed, it will keep the names, addresses, phone numbers, credit card numbers, bank account numbers, temporarily assigned IP addresses of everyone on the Internet and file for a full year, which will be forever, as you well know. And anyway, it was actually passed into law, and this article goes on and on to get to update it as, it, as you scroll down. And uh, it's quite interesting. But it's just one of many things that are happening. Because you see, as I said, you're all awfully, awfully important people. You don't realize you're important. You all think, well, I'm a nobody. Who wants to watch me? You don't realize before the Internet, if you read the writings of philosophers like Jacques E. Lull, he talks about the basically the spy state that you live in and how the 1950s, every country, a first world country, 
had uh, Kardec systems updated all the time, every week, at least a week, on you and everybody, and your dads and your mums and your granddads. And they had spies in almost in every street to update the cops on information of what was going on and who was doing what and all the rest of it. They've been at this for an awful long time because, you see, power, as I say, power is a very tenuous thing. In fact, government is a tenuous thing. It's only somebody's idea. And it's only an idea that the ones who generally get into government created themselves. They generally don't ask everybody else, do you want this? And they just create it. And after a generation, it becomes normal. It's like monarchy. They were talking about anarchy earlier. Well, you've got monarchy. There's always love arcs, you see. There's monarchy and there's anarchy. And people accepted monarchy for well over a thousand years, one and a half thousand years. And, um, and that was the norm because you're born into it. It must be normal. It's here. It exists. That was it. And, but the thing is, all governments use force. And the rest of it is, is the threat of the use of force. Most people comply with the threat of use of force and comply to whatever demand is made in them, uh, even to empty out their wallet at times. And, uh, uh, that's really how it is. Um, I think Mark Twain says, when the Congress sits, hold on to your wallet. Because that's all they do. They, they don't create anything except misery and debt. And then it's all in his house deals with guys with corporations and, and they've got shares in them themselves. It's corrupt. Let's be honest, that's what governments are about. Massive corruption. And they keep talking a good, a good talk about Transparency in government And then just to muddy the waters They put opposing parties supposedly And it's, it's always the same two With an added touch of green here and there But it's always the same two parties It's, it's, it's either Trotskyist Marxist basically uh, Against uh, uh, The guys who are plunderers and, But then if you look at the Trotskyist Marxists They're all multimillionaires as well it, Often with partnerships in the same the same corporations as, as, as the, the guys who are supposedly the plunderers. Just, just to muddy the waters. It really is it's just people battling over the, the goodies from the bottom. That's all it really, really is. Sad thing to say, but it's true, isn't it? It's very sad to say the truth at times. Sometimes it's a crime to say the truth. But that's what it is. And they, they go on to an article recently about America and how that the U.S. the U.S. businesses were were getting uh, confused about who to bribe abroad. Like, like who's kidding who? The U.S. is the is the big ship of monopolies. They've been at this for forever. They know how to bribe to get contracts, etc. Of course they do. Everybody does it. That happened in Canada too with the Airbus scandal. And uh, of course it was Mulroney was in the time as prime minister. And he, he made one guy take the fall for that whole thing. Who was honest, honest guy about it? He said, he bribed this company to get the right contract. <laughs> and that was it. Happens all the time. It's a sad thing, money. See, money is power in this system. If you believe in money, then obviously money is power. And that's why Rothschild said a long time ago, he said, when he got into Britain, he says, give me control of the money. I don't care who runs the country. Because he knew off the bat from long experience that... that um, Whoever runs the money system runs the country. The prime minister has come to you cap in hand to borrow more cash. But it really changes human nature and brings out the beast in them all. Right down to wars that they have and, and the firing squads and, and lining folk up and, and shoot. Oh, I only did it because my job, you know, that's my wage. You know, It, it brings out the worst thing in people. It really does.
And obviously, too, it's, it's like people who have obsessions. Uh, um, people have obsessions about eating, for instance. It's the same thing with money. There's guys who are multi-trillionaires who still don't think they've got enough. And in their 80s and 90s, still doing it. There's one I'll put up tonight about this guy from Hong Kong who's taking over a lot of the British water supply because they're selling everything off that we need, you see. Obviously, the public didn't have any right to the water supply. No, now it's up for sale. I mean, who said so? Who said so? Who kicks a turtle out of his pond and says, you can't live there anymore, this guy from Hong Kong owns it? Well, we live here, don't we? And understand, you cannot let your vital resources be sold off to anybody. It's yours. You all own it. For nothing. But folk can't see it that way. They get so well trained that everything must be owned and it's legally stamped and down comes the Masonic gavel, bang on the table and that's it, sold to so-and-so. Anyway, it's a Chinese multi-billionaire, one of the richest guys on the planet, who's into snapping up. He's mostly a member of the CFR too because he's also a knight of the British Empire. But uh, he's Chinese, it doesn't matter because they're from all over the world. You can be a knight of that as long as you buy up the resources according to the, the game laid out by Cecil Rhodes and the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the American branch today. That's the reality of the world you're living in. That is the reality of it. And this one too, just this, sneak this in before I take a call. It says, um, banks have their new remedy for America's ailing housing market and its bulldozers. Remember I mentioned this years ago, this is going to happen. There are nearly 1.7 million homes in the U.S. in some state of foreclosure. Banks already own some of these homes and will soon repossess many more. Many housing economists worry that a near constant stream of home sales by banks could keep housing prices down for some years to come. But what if some of those homes never hit the market? It's easier to demolish them and grab the land. And it shows you how they're foreclosing homes in Cleveland and elsewhere and doing justice. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix and I'll try and take Patrick from the UK. He's been hanging on there long distance. If he's still there, are you there, Patrick? Yeah, uh, hi, Alan, you still there? Yep. Yes, hi there. I've listened to you for a while, but never, never been, uh, never been on. I'm sort of down in, in, in the, uh, southern England, you know, in the, sort of near London. And, uh, yeah. yeah, isn't it interesting what you were saying a minute ago about Chatham House? I actually logged onto their website, website recently. They're known as Chatham House as, as well as Royal That's Institute. Right. They actually had an, an open event coming up right on the front page. At, using the expression new world order the establishment are openly admitting it they're yeah. openly it's that brazen where 10 20 years ago you would be in a tinfoil you know hat wearing kook for talking about such a thing but uh, it, the establishment they're openly admitting they're pushing towards this um thing now yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but these are the guys who came up with the whole concept of it and these are the guys who created the, the League of Nations, then the United Nations, and all of the, the banking systems underneath it, including the IMF. So that yeah, they're, they're, quite, they're pretty well won. They're, they're pretty well where they want to be. Yeah. But, uh, immensely powerful. What I just wanted to mention about is this: this um, stratus. I'll use the official term: stratospheric um, aerosol geoengineering, aka chemtrails. Chemtrails. Yeah. It's uh, getting really bad over here. 
Um, most people still won't accept it. None of the neighbours here would accept it. There's no how many photographs you, you, you know, people will not accept that it's, it's happening. The atmosphere is bad. Often I have to sleep with the windows closed at night, which is really bad in, in summer after, you know, a, a busy day's spring. It seems that these jets, they're, come, they're not even UK ones, they're coming in from other countries with this open skies policy. This seems to what happens, a whole lot of jets go around Europe. One day they spray France, and that will linger around for a day or two. Then they come back and spray Germany, and then they come and spray us. Yeah. These, these, these are just foreign planes coming in at high altitude. It's being released at thirty-five thousand feet or so, yeah. but it's it's really bad. You know, I, I don't know what it's like in Canada. It's, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. You, you feel it when it's, they're spraying, and. Uh... Uh, you feel it in your throat, your lungs. Uh, there's people now. They have a, a, a new normal for asthmatics uh, beginning about 40 years of age now. It never happened before. That's now quite common now, and uh, everyone's allergic. Uh, everyone's immune system is dropping, and they're making fantastic sales and bronchodilators and, uh, and antibiotics for, for recurring infections of the bronchial tubes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it causes me, the only effect it gives me is a sore throat, and I can tell straight away, you know, and you can see all the stuff lingering in the sky, the fake clouds, the trails, the everything's whited over, as, as you well know. Um, I find that certain things like, um, you know, colo- um, green tea and certain things that you can, making sure you drink filtered water, uh, and you can do certain things that, that really do, do, do help, you know, to, to address the problem. Um, I'm finding that you can talk to... I went on to a radio station recently. It was, I don't know, because you're from this neck of the woods or, or up north. Uh, you know London's got a big radio station called LBC. You must have heard of it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, I, the, the, one of their presenters, you can get on, because the problem is the subject sounds so kookish. You're just I know. like rejected. Well, here's, here's the problem. Brzezinski said this 30 years ago in his book, Between Two Ages, he says, shortly the public, it meant, he meant they're being trained, he says the public will be unable to think for themselves. He says the media will do their thinking for them, and they will expect eventually the media to do their reasoning for them. So if the media doesn't make a big deal out of anything, then you must be crazy. They will not use their own senses. They expect an authority figure to tell them what to think about any particular thing. I can hear quickly, I can hear the music, I'll just be very quick. What you can do, I had a presenter, he said, look, if there's any conspiracy theories out there, are probably true, phone in. And I did, and I managed to get the whole of the conversation for the next, the whole program on, on a Saturday night for two hours, with Good. another caller phoning in after me about chemtrails, and it just kept on going for two hours or something, you know. Yeah. Well, good for, good for you, that's the way to do it. You've got to keep patting them. But thanks for calling. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.